It's awesome to see you on a Sunday evening. Obviously, we, we understand that it's Baptism Sunday. And I want to start off first and just ask, who's getting baptized tonight? It's awesome to see just your commitment. Honestly, I salute you. And um, it would be awesome to witness your obedience, your decision that you made to follow the Lord through the waters of baptism. And um, as would be start off tonight, it's going to be awesome. I want to, maybe from the onset, if you have not yet been baptized, I want to make this invitation to you, say, honestly, if you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, but you never went through the waters of baptism, won't you make that commitment tonight? Even if we need to borrow you a, a pair of clothes, we'll do that. We'll get you a towel. We'll, I don't know, we'll make sure that you just be obedient to that inner decision with the outward evidence of getting baptized tonight. It's going to be glorious. Man, you will never find another, uh, another greater time than in this time to be alive. Tonight I want to speak to you about heaven's ambassador. Say with me, heaven's ambassador. Say with me, I am an ambassador. No, say it like you're actually excited because the word declares it over you. Okay, like seven or 17, it felt like that. Do you understand how the scripture actually portrays you as a person? There's so much in the Word of God that God wrote this letter, not just to reveal Himself, but to reveal you to yourself. You see, this letter that God gave us, His Word, speaks so much about who, who God the Father is. And obviously, we, we get to know the ways of the Lord. But through His chosen vessels, even through the Lord Jesus, He revealed that God has got a kingdom do you understand that the first opening statement that Jesus ever made on this planet, He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, when Jesus made that statement, He was making a, a serious claim because if we understand something that, that Jesus came to restore, that what was lost through Adam. We know that. But we need to understand from this perspective, how God actually starts telling the story to reveal to us why did He do a few things that He did? Why did He say a few things that He said? Do you know that Jesus was a very mysterious person? That He taught so many parables that even His disciples were like, when He spoke about the leaven of the Pharisees, His disciples thought about, He was speaking about, did we not bring bread? So sometimes he spoke, he spoke so much in parables because he was misunderstood because people, do you understand that? Have you ever been in a conversation and somebody tells you a story, but you just hear a little bit of that story and your mind already runs to conclude the story, but it's actually not, it happens to me a lot. It's like when my wife tells me, uh, listen here, won't you just go to the shop and uh, buy bread? And uh, when I get there, I'm, thinking myself, what should I buy again? <laughs> Ever happened to you before? Happens most of the time. It's, it's called selective hearing. We need to be delivered from that tonight. I believe the Lord is going to do a miracle in the men's life tonight. Amen. If you clap, we're going to pray for you. Okay. You can be first here tonight. I want to start off with the first scripture 
in Matthew, 18, uh, Matthew 16, verse 19. I'm gonna read you out of the New Living Translation. It's, it says this, Jesus speaking, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Won't you say the kingdom of heaven? For whatever you shall bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you shall loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. If we understand this, this scripture, how many of you understand that we need the voice of the Lord in our lives? It's interesting that, that we all would know that God, I would, I, would, I would love to have a word, especially if somebody comes and they give you a prophetic word. It was like, Jamie, the Spirit of the Lord shows me one, two, three, four, pa, and you feel like shababa, and you, you feel this amazing, and you feel just this confirmation. And we all are looking for the Word of the Lord, but one thing that we seldom look for is that we don't recognize that the Word of the Lord without the open heaven of God places us in a place that we've just got a Word, but not an open heaven. Do you understand that in the book of Malachi, that from Malachi to Matthew, it says that the word of the Lord was scarce. And nobody and the word of the Lord didn't speak for about 400 years. Can you imagine for God not speaking for 400 years? Now listen here, my children have been angry at me when I did something, I promised them something, or they thought I'm gonna do something for them. And then they, in Afrikaans, they call it stolstaper. Eli, I quite you. And then they go into this place where they don't want to speak to you until they become hungry or they want something. Isn't it true? But imagine 400 years silence. And then there came a time, obviously, that we understand from the Scripture that there was a star and the angel uh, and it speaks about the birth of Jesus. And, and then there was another 30, uh, 30 odd years. And then we understand that John the Baptist, he came and he baptized Jesus and all of a sudden the scripture says, and the heavens opened and a voice came from heaven. Same with me, a voice from heaven. Friends, we need the voice of God when the heavens are open because what you perceive sometimes to be God without experiencing the open heavens can just be motivational encouragement for you. Sometimes we look for promises of God just to feel good to make a sense of God, are you still out there while the Bible says, I will lack no good thing. Look to the, look to the lilies, look to the, to the birds. Are you not more worth than birds and flowers? And we try to encourage ourselves in times where things are not word. But do you understand if you've got a word from the Lord that you know that you know that you know that God has spoken, that makes a difference. See, that's the difference between the Scripture and the Word. Because the scripture, the letter kills, but it's the spirit that gives life. That's why when we read the Bible, I don't read the Bible just to fill myself with, with the stories of God. I read His Word because I wait till He speaks for something to move inside of me. Because then I understand that the heavens are open and nowhere does it declare that the heavens are even shut again. But that does not mean that everybody's looking, living under an open heaven. Say with me, open heaven. You see, it's, it's one thing if you've got a word from the Lord. Can I ask the guys just to quickly put on Genesis 2 from verse 4 to 5. Genesis 2 from verse 4 to 5. 
The beautiful thing about God's Word is that God is always willing to speak and He's waiting for people to listen and to obey His Word. Jesus says, if you love me, do my Word, do my commandments. We need more obedience to the Word of God. Genesis 2 from verse 4 to 5, it says this, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. It speaks of, another translation says, this is the account of the creation of the earth. Now, how many of you know that Genesis 1, we have the creation account, but here in Genesis 2, it says about, okay, this is the account of creation. That might sound very contradictory, but listen to, uh, to the rest of the verse. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, verse 5, uh, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God did not cause, uh, yeah, I lost my place there, of every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. It's interesting that the seed of God's creation was already in the ground, but there was not an open heaven for rain to be poured out and somebody to actually work that, what God wanted to do. You see, that's the problem with us. Sometimes we've got a word and a seed inside of us, but we need to understand there's times that we need to work that what God has said and to get under an open heaven that that word can come to flesh and to flesh out because God is looking for somebody to work with Him. God says to, uh, to, to, to Adam, He says, Adam, you will be a tiller of the soil. You need to work in the garden. It was not a curse. It was an instruction for things to grow. Sometimes you can quote your promise until you're blue in the face, until you do something about it. Let me use an example. Can I use a weird example? It's not the first one that comes to my mind. I can rebuke blood sugar diabetes till I'm blue in the face. But if I eat a slab of chocolate and drink a two liter Coke every single day of my life, and I can also go, do you understand that I'm positioning myself for failure? And I can't blame the devil. I'm not working the ground that God has given me. Okay. That was so much better than what I actually thought. Do you understand? Do I understand that God has put seed in us, in the earth, that is waiting for a person to work with Him. That's why Paul writes, he says, you are co-laborers with Christ. Say with me, ambassador. You see, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is somebody who represents. When I am a representative of the kingdom, that's a great responsibility. You see, I cannot represent somebody I do not know. That's why Jesus says, wait until you are endued with power, then you'll be my witnesses. I cannot be a witness to something I've never experienced. If I testify to something I've not experienced, that makes me a false witness. Most people try to, 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 to show Jesus to somebody or to show the work of the Holy Spirit to somebody they've never experienced themselves. I just read about. 
I was so blessed in this, in this week, I was listening to something from Dr. Yonki Chow, who was a man, uh, he passed on now. I think he officially passed on. But he, he was the one with the, uh, one, with the uh, one of the men with the, with the biggest churches right around the world. And he told the story where he, was, where he was pastoring a church at that stage for 2,400 people. Now you must say that's big. Well, considering you know the end of his life, then you would know like, no, that was very small. So he had this church of 2,400 people and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he's like, Lord, what is it? I wanna, I wanna see more, I wanna see more. And one day the Holy Spirit said to him, stop treating me as an experience. He said, and he said the Holy Spirit said to him, I am a person. And he said, well, he thought, well, yes, I know. Uh, yes, And then he realized that every single time he was just doing his daily job, he was just waiting for the experience of the Holy Spirit without walking with the Holy Spirit. You see, so many times we're waiting for that one song to come until we can feel him without knowing that he's always present. I don't need to work for it. He is here. But he manifests his presence in places where he feels welcomed. If I'm aware of him, I would do everything to make sure that, he's, that he feels welcome. Have you ever been in somebody's house and they're doing all their things? I remember as a child, I went to visit some friends and that friend, they would have an argument with their parent. I'm also in the house, but I feel like they're not seeing that I'm also here in this house. And they're going on like, yeah, yeah, you're friends. And I'm feeling like I'm also here. Can you not see that I'm also here? I feel many times we treat the Holy Spirit like that. Having so much conversations about Him without ever engaging with Him. And He said as soon as He started and He says He wanted to, from that moment He made a decision. He repented before the Lord and He said, Lord, Holy Spirit, Let's go preach your word. And every single time he said, Lord, won't you have the microphone? And he knew he's going to have the microphone himself. But he made an effort, a point to be aware of the Holy Spirit, to work with him. He says from that moment, the Holy Spirit empowered him in different ways. That his church went from 2,400 to 5,000 people, to 10,000 people, to 30,000 people, to 100,000 people, to 300,000 people. I think the end of this ministry was... 500,000 people. See, he was one of the few people that started a prayer mountain and they had, I think, about seven or eight buses that traveled 24-7 hours of the day giving, getting people to go and pray in a facility. We clap for that because we feel like, wow, that is so amazing. Can I say, that's the invitation from God to every single one of us that we are the ambassadors of God, that we represent Him well. He's given us the keys of the kingdom, that when we speak, things should happen. He entrusts us so much with His Word. If you look to Samuel, Samuel in the Bible, there was a time that Samuel came and he needed to anoint the, king, the new king. And he went to Jesse, the father of David. And as he walks into the house, he sees all these beautiful older brothers. That's what the Bible declares. He said they were handsome, they were tall, they were big like me, like basically in a nutshell. Thank you, that's my wife. She's my greatest encourager. When I say that, I'm someone gonna walk in a different way. Just standing and flex myself. But uh, 
as he, as he walked in, he realized that when he saw them, he almost anointed a king that God needed to shush him for a moment by what he saw. And then there was a time that he, he just asked, he says, okay, is there not another one? And like, yeah, David's in the field and came back and he anointed the person. But here's the point. There's so much authority when you are walking with God that that what you say almost becomes the new law. That God would partner even if you make the wrong choices. The book of Ezekiel says the following. It says that God has given, given you over to the idols in your own heart. Do you know what that means? That God can say to you, Herbert, Pastor Herbert, the answer is no. But because you already decided no, it is yes then. Oh, you decided it should actually be yes. Then it's yes. Whatever the outcome it be. Well, even if the end result will be destruction, you already made up your mind that you will not listen to the voice of God. Many of us, the frustration that we feel in our lives is because we have rejected the Word of God and we're working against that and we're eating the own fruit of our own decisions. Say with me, ambassador. We need to represent the Lord well. Why? Because we are in His kingdom. Listen to this. Jesus came to Peter and He says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, do you understand? Not everybody possesses keys. That's why some people, they can walk in these wonders of God and other people don't. The biggest lie the enemy has ever told the local body of the church is that everybody is the same. Everybody's equal. It's not that way. It's not. Everybody's loved the same, but it doesn't mean everybody's walking the same. There's different dimensions in ways that we walk. And I don't want to get into, into things that feels it's so, too far away from us. But how many of you know that the Bible says you can walk according to the flesh or you can walk according to the Spirit? But then there comes a time that you can walk according to the Spirit, but it doesn't mean that you're walking according to the heavenly realms. What am I saying? I'm saying that there's a huge difference for every single person. And God places people on this planet as people who possess these keys. And we need to position ourselves that we need to unlock in people the next encounter with God. Why is that important? Jesus appears to Paul, Saul at that time, physically appearing to him, but he sends him to a man to pray for him. Moses, God appearing to him in the, in the burning bush, Go and set my people free. Well, doesn't God just do it Himself? No, He sends the vehicle of a man to represent Him well. That responsibility, if you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit and we need to represent Him well in this world. That's why Jesus makes this claim and He says through, through John, He says, as He is, so are you in this world. We need to be conscious of the fact that we can't just play another religious game. The problem is that do you know that the term Christian is a pagan word? We love to say we are Christians. It was, uh, and I don't want to mess with a lot of things, but we, we, 
We make this claim and say, no, I'm a Christian. That one is a Buddhist. That one is a Hindu. How can you make certain claims? Because it's easy to see a Muslim or a Buddhist by the things that they wear. If you see a Buddhist monk, they wear this orange ninja clothes. I don't know what you call it. I'm not mocking it. I'm saying I don't know what they call it. If you see a Muslim, you know that they've got that thing on their head. How do you recognize a Christian? Well, it can be many things. The things that you say. Do you understand that Jesus made this claim and He didn't call you a Christian. He called you a son and daughter of God. When you are a son and a daughter, you don't make the claim of a Christian because my privilege is very different. Because do you know if you open your passport, your passport says property of the Republic of South Africa. So if you go to another country, that's why you've got ambassadors and people who represent the country in other, in other nations because they're trying to keep their own citizens, the interest of their own citizens at heart. You've got a word that declares that you are a citizen of heaven and through that citizenship, God is there to back you if you live according to His ways. I want to submit you that being an, uh, a citizen of heaven, I can, like William and them, they were just traveling. It was nice. It's awesome to see you back. Omelette du fromage. That's the only French word I know. That means cheese omelette. Okay? That's about it. But when he was there, even though he was in a different nation, he was still a South African. That's why you can be in this world, but it doesn't mean you're off this world. Because my citizenship is seated with Christ in heavenly places. The problem is that we started to submit to a different scenario, to live according to a different set of rules. If we start to live according to this world, we go from citizenship to survivor. Everybody's just trying to make money to survive. I'm working harder to have more money to survive. And I'm not living out the kingdom. That's why Jesus made this claim. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things shall be added. Why can He make a claim like that? Because if you do kingdom business, you are on the mission and He will pay for that mission. It's interesting if you, if you look to a person. Can I quickly go there? Let's go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they, they had two functions. The first one, they had kingship. Say with me, kingship. They needed to have dominion. The second one was a priestly function. They needed to be in fellowship with God. We know through the fall, both of, both of those things got broken. It's interesting that if we look to Genesis, we can, we can see the initial intent of God. Do, we, do you actually recognize in, in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, there's no people that's just singing songs to God? There's people that is doing the work of the kingdom and having dominion. Paul makes this statement. He says, 
in the book of Romans, he says, he says, the way you live is a living sacrifice to God. You are displaying the kingdom by the way you live. In the book of Colossians, he says this, whatever you do, do it as if you are doing it directly for God. Why is that important? Because the way I officiate dominion in my workplace or my family, not in dominance, in dominion, and in my priestly function, the way that my, the presence of God is welcomed in my family, I'm following in the order of God. And God says, that's the way I establish my kingdom. The book of Peter writes, he says, you are kings and priests unto God. Do you understand how many times in the scripture, it shows this picture about people living inside of a kingdom. That's why Jesus was also persecuted because people thought he's going to start a new kingdom. Not the Roman one. He was a threat to them. And he said this, this words. He says, I am of another kingdom and I would ask my father and he can send 12 angels of leg legions of angels. See what Jesus is busy telling is that because he's a king, he's got sons and daughters, brothers, co-heirs with him in a kingdom that needs to have dominion on this earth. It's interesting when, when Jesus came and he, he there, there was a few things. Do you know when Jesus arrived, he never came with a bunch of keys? Can I backtrack a little bit? There's certain people who held keys right throughout the Bible. The first one was Enoch. Enoch had the ability to live under an open heaven. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and God took him for he was no more. A few years later, there was a man called Elijah, another prophet walking with God. And then there was a chariot of fire that came and it wasn't the song. There was a different chariot that came and it picked him up. And in a whirlwind, he went up into the heavens. Keys to an open heaven. Then Jesus came, keyless, born as a normal man, but fully God. And he came onto this planet and there was one person who possessed a, a, a pair of keys. His name was John the Baptist. And Jesus needed to be baptized, the Son of God, humbling Himself to another man to be baptized by Him in order to get a new set of keys. And the Bible says, as soon as He baptized, the heavens opened. Then Jesus could make this statement to say, Peter, I'm giving you the keys of this kingdom. When He did that, He went, many years later, He went down to hell and He took the keys from Satan. Why is that important to us? Because when you are an ambassador, you possess keys to this kingdom. And God wants you to unlock and to bind and to loosen things that should be permissive in this earth, which is not busy happening right now. Do we understand how much responsibility rests upon the believer? That we are not just here to, to have a nice service. And it's awesome having you here. It really is. It's beautiful seeing your faces. But it's more than this. It's a Monday faith, a Tuesday faith, a Wednesday faith, 
That stirs thy faith. Where I go into this world, and as He walked, so I also walk. The world should be a different place where it says that Jason and his household speaks in the book of, uh, book of Acts. Jason and his household. It says these men have come to turn the world upside down. When last has your workplace said, when you walked in, Rehgard has came in right now to turn this world upside down. When Shorty Mandelain walks into the school that the principal says, because of them, they've come to overturn the school. You are a threat to the kingdom of darkness because you represent the kingdom of light. You cannot be hidden. You see, there's a difference between the kingdom of heaven, say with me, kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a place where God is. The kingdom of the kingdom of heaven is a place where God is. The kingdom of God is the influence of His presence. I can only influence the place if His presence is with me. See, most people are so afraid to speak about the gospel because we feel like we're going to offend certain people if we start speaking. There's a time in the book of Acts where they prayed, the disciples prayed for boldness to speak the word. You know what the Bible says? Acts 2, there was an outpouring. Acts 4, they were being persecuted and they prayed, Lord, give us more boldness to proclaim your word. You know what was God's response? He poured out His Spirit again. And the Bible says, and there was an earthquake that shook that place and they went out in the power of God. Can I submit you? As ambassadors of Christ, sometimes we need a shaking to loosen us from our religious seats. If we are the salt of the earth, you better believe there's going to become a shaking. I love to say this. We gather to teach, but we scatter to touch. Our mission should not be just to come to hear a few words and then to go home and say, that was wonderful. Okay, what's on Netflix right now? Can I submit you? That is how we have diluted the identity that God has paid a dear price for us for. If we look to Elijah, it's interesting. Let me start with, with Elijah. The Bible says, James 5 verse 17, Elijah, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, with the same physical, mental, and spiritual limitations. Do you understand we're speaking about Elijah, the major prophet? And he prayed intensely for it not to rain, and he did not rain on the earth for three and a half years. A physical, normal man, the Bible says, with the same limitations as what we had, but one person who understand, understood his identity in Christ prayed and the heavens were shut. Can I submit you? It's time that we loosen things over this nation because certain things are shut right now. Can I tell you what's one of the things that's very closed right now? Christians' mouths. We need to pray that there would be a loosening of heaven out of your mouth. 
that we would not submit to say, oh, oh yeah, we, we downgraded this stage to load shedding. Yeah, no. We pray that there would be a solution, a permanent solution. Lord, thank you for righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for justice. Thank you, Lord, that you would give creative thinking to people to bring a solution that will change the course of this nation. We say no to an economical downward spiral. To the gray list, we erase you. We say, get some color, man. I needed to go and look up what is the gray list. I felt my, yes, they don't teach that in economics at school. They just told us, does your book balance? There's certain things you realize that when your debit orders go off, certain things become more expensive. But there comes a time where I look to the scripture where the Bible says, where the prophet came and he says, by this time tomorrow, a piece of, of wheat will be sold at a lesser price. And everybody said it was impossible until it happened. It's time that we as Christians, we open up our mouths and we say, you know what, I am tired when I fill my car to pay 23 rand for diesel. I say that is too much. It might sound like a political meeting right now. Maybe you should vote me in. Please don't. Please don't. No, I'm very honest. God did not call me to do that. I'm saying that there's certain things that is not okay. Because we as ambassadors, the job of an ambassador is to have the affairs of the citizen in mind the whole time. And when I'm in my workplace, and can I submit you something? Some of our biggest challenges right now is that there's so much corruption and things that's going on in the workplaces. It's by good people doing nothing. Because we are scared that you might lose your job. Can I say to you, I submit you as a person that represents the kingdom, you cannot just oversee certain things because you also benefit from it. Stand up for truth. I want to submit you. If you can get a deal by paying somebody else to do something, it already shows you that it's wrong. Friends, if we are ambassadors, we need to represent Him well. If the Bible declares that Jesus' own words, I am the way, I am the, then why are we lying to ourselves? Okay. Now it got very silent. Okay. Hallelujah. By Elijah, who is a normal man who prayed, Prophet Gibbet spoke about it this morning, obviously about the sacrifice that was busy happening between the, the challenge, the deal between Elijah and the Baal prophets. The show-off that was busy happening. It's beautiful, the picture, that we must understand that they were living in a time of drought. And when the Baal prophets, they were cutting themselves and dancing and they were singing, I don't know, one of the, yes, I almost said Sister Bettina. They didn't sing that. Maybe they were. That's why they weren't listening. Please ignore that. They were, sis, sis, they were singing something. I don't know why that came out. Eh? I'm sorry. And they were doing that. And Elijah was, he was, saying, he was saying, where is your God? Maybe he's on the toilet. Maybe he's doing whatever. And he was mocking them. 
And then he said, dig trenches right around this altar, the same altar. He says, pour water on this offering. Throw water right around this thing. And he started praying and God answered him by fire. The beautiful thing about the story is that God does not, did not just send fire to consume the sacrifice. The Bible says the fire came and it licked up the water. Because in the time of sacrifice, as an ambassador, it is God's reputation, not yours, that's on the line. And if we're scared that we are gonna be wronged, that's the time where we already start misrepresenting because we do not know who we represent. You might be facing things in your life that feels like it's impossible. Can I submit you friends, there's many times, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I've got a hotline to God. I want to somehow break that myth, okay? Maybe Pastor Corne, you also don't have, Pastor Simi, Pastor Shemaine, nothing. There's not a hotline to God. There's every single person doing their part, pressing into God, saying, God, we need you. We need you. We present every person in our care before you, Lord. But everybody has got the ability, as what Jesus started, He says, pray in this way, our Father. If you can't understand this thing, that you've got a Father that loves you, you will never represent Him as a son or a daughter. Then He makes this claim and He says, what? Our Father, which art in heaven, not Harold is your name, Hallowed is your name. Then he says what? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. The prayer to the teaching the disciples that it is your responsibility to let his kingdom come. To let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The King James says, in earth as it is in heaven. See, God has placed everything you need to live in this earth, inside this earth, for you to have dominion. We just need to represent Him in that. Mary and Martha, see, they were waiting, they were waiting for Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. Lazarus, they were waiting. Jesus came as that encounter to bring forth, as what He says, Lazarus is just sleeping. Can I submit you? May you be the encounter to somebody that will bring about sleeping things in their life awake. You maybe have certain family members that they've fallen asleep in their faith. I want to submit you. Won't you just be that person? As with the psalmist writes, he says, Awake, awake, O sleeper. It's time for us to be awakened from the inside. You see, when I, when I start reading His Word, when I sense His presence, I know that there's work that needs to be done. Not just for me to preach another message, but there's people on the other side of my obedience. Can I submit you, the two of you, Philip, Grazan, I want to submit you The Lord has already answered you. 
You don't have to plead. You don't have, God has answered you. You know what the best thing that you can do? I said it to somebody the other day. Prepare the room. I want to charge your faith. Go to the shop and buy diapers already. God has already answered you. It's done. And every limitation in your body, there is no limitation. It is done. The Word of God says, be fruitful. The same way that He says, light be. Be fruitful. It's as easy as that. It's a word to stand upon. Okay. No, hasten to finish. So what does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? Well, the first one is start with your own relationship with God. I want to say to you once again, we cannot represent God who we do not know. You can listen to the best teaching that you can, but I want to ask you, sometimes the best thing that you can do is to switch off the sound, even switch off I don't know if you've got a bad sound in your room. You're trying to wait for the presence of God to come. Friends, there's not a formula. It's not a formula. When we call on His name, He comes. He comes. Start with your own relationship with God. Second one, discover your God-given identity. That is your passport. How do you do that? Well, as you spend time, ask the Lord, Lord, show me who I am. Show me who I am. Read through the Scriptures. There's certain things where certain people in the Bible, they were that. And I realized, I'm not that. That was their personality. That was their assignment. Our biggest frustration is that we fall over other people's assignment and we become discouraged in our own. If I start to, 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 to take Chantal's assignment for God versus mine, Somebody is going to feel frustrated because somebody is doing more or less. Says who? If you do what God has called you to do, some of you just need to be a mom. I'm not saying quit your job and just do that. I'm saying, ask the Lord, what is your assignment? Need to discover your own. And you know the beautiful thing about that? The Lord is so willing to reveal let me use an example. We are a few pastors in this church, a handful of pastors, but my assignment and expression is very different to Pastor Simone's one. Doesn't make me more or her less, or her more and me less. We're just different. That's the beauty of the kingdom. The problem is if I look to somebody else's assignment to try and find my own, I'm using another representative to imitate and I'm no longer imitating Christ. Some of you are brilliant teachers. Stay teaching. I knew a few, a many years ago, I still know the person. The person was a brilliant businessman even though he loved evangelism and he's a great evangelist. But it doesn't mean you need to do it full-time. When you get born again, you are a full-time missionary. 
That's why the Bible says, some are pastors, some are apostles, some are prophets, some are teachers. They did a study a few years ago. They said to most people right around the world who went to go and study theology, how many of you would love to study theology? Okay, it's beautiful. I actually didn't want to say, raise your hands. But you already walked into it. They say only 3% end up in full-time ministry. Proving once again, Ephesians 4, it's only some. Love Jesus by loving His Word, but it doesn't mean you have to be in full-time ministry. Your calling and your election, make that sure in God. And when you find that, you find life and you find fulfillment. Third one, demonstrate the power and authority. Can I say that? There's a reason that God has given us His Holy Spirit and His Holy Spirit gives us power. I don't have the power to heal nobody. I don't have the words. I don't have the right saying. But I am a vessel that He uses to do that. Sometimes He does that. Other times He doesn't. I can't argue with that. Because it's not me that's doing it. Can I share a quick, quick testimony? Just before the, the service, I, there was a lady here this morning. She came to testify. After Tuesday's meeting, I was we prayed a little bit. And the one lady, she came. And uh, I prayed specifically for uh, a spirit of torment, which, I saw, which is just tormenting your body. And this morning she came and she's like, she did this with her arms. Pastor, I've got no pain in my body. And it was so amazing to see that. Can I just be honest? Even when I prayed for right now, I didn't feel like that. Just give me a deep pad, a pad sound, Asher. I didn't hear that. Because it was just before EBI. It was quiet and people just going, that's how it was sounding like. There was nothing. But God does not see the way that we see. <laughs> for when Elijah said, for those who are for us are far greater than those who are against us. You think you might be just praying for your child's education or their behavioral things or for your finances or for a loved one. And you might feel like nothing is happening. But do you understand that the Bible declares in the book of Daniel 10, it says that the angel appeared to Daniel and he says, Daniel, greatly beloved, I was sent you 21 days ago, but the prince of Persia has hindered me. There's times that you pray and God already answered you, but we need to pull on certain things that's in the heavenlies. Stay persistent. That's why Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. For those who ask, they will be answered. Those who seek, they will find. Those who knock, the door will be opened. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. You are an ambassador. Power and authority. Fourth one, speak only what you see and hear. Can I say, maybe submit to this. Many times we try to find theology about things that shouldn't happen or should be happening because they're not in the way that we think they should happen. Let's use it. healing for an example. You pray for somebody for healing. I oh, know it's not the will of God, maybe for right now. I think you need to go and buy the oil at the shop and spray yourself in the mouth and then God's going to do something. Let's not look for things. Let's stand and stay with His Word. His Word is sufficient. 
the beautiful thing about God says He watches over His Word. I don't have to try and prove it because He already said it. He's not a man that He could lie. I love what, what, what the writer, uh, where, where Paul writes, he says, speak psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I spoke to somebody the other day and they asked me, uh, it was actually in our group, our EBI group, as we walked out, somebody asked me a very difficult question. I didn't know the answer, so I just went like, I was answering Paul. That's a spiritual song. I don't know. It doesn't make me less of the spiritual giant. It just means, I don't know. And I gave an answer. It was a spiritual one. They need to go and find the interpretation. Yes, I need to remember that. Okay. Last one. Make heaven on earth. That's our one responsibility. Some people are married and it feels like hell on earth. You're doing it the wrong way. Boki, I submit to you that your greatest responsibility is to make His kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. Make an atmosphere that God enjoys here. There's a bad word that we don't like to hear and it's the word colonization. Okay. You know where the word comes from? It comes from the word colon. You know what's a colon in your body? It connects your mouth and your... See, that's a spiritual answer. I didn't have to say that. You find the interpretation. It's beautiful. It connects. See, when, when a country goes and they colonize another country, they connect what's feeding in through the mouth into the place where they want to dominate. Can I say to you, I want to submit to you, we need to feed on the Word of God that we make every single place that we are present in a place of His habitation. Decolonization is cutting the mouth from the rear end. That there's no circulation. I want to say to you, as an ambassador, it is your responsibility to let His kingdom come to let His will be done in this earth. When I ask you this one thing tonight, closing in that, feels like I'm in some other cafe there in, in, in France, Paris. Can we have a different song there? <laughs> I almost ordered caviar. <laughs> For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. As a kingdom rep representative, 
we need to function in all three of them. One of the worst ways to represent God is not to be a person of joy. Everybody thinks when God comes, we need to be very serious. But it's in His presence is fullness of joy. That's why I can't be very quiet when He comes. Can I use an example? Last week we were somewhere. Let me, let me not expose where we were. And we were standing, we were praying, and all of a sudden I couldn't help myself from laughing. Some of you were present. And we started laughing, but I felt so if I'm going to laugh, now we're going to be rebuked. But you can't help yourself because it's His joy that is my strength. Some of you need a baptism of joy because you're representing the wrong kingdom. The best way to shake off fear is to start laughing. Something beautiful that happens when you exercise those facial muscles. Start laughing for no reason. You don't need somebody to tell you a bad joke in order to get you laughing. No, you can just become aware of him. And when he, when he comes, I realize that, yes. <laughs> Peace. Some people, they need to take an urbanol just to calm the nerves. Take a chill pill. Man, you've got the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make sense. That's why it's called faith. If we are ambassadors of Christ, we need to be the most chilled, most joyous people that there are. I don't have to be this high and mighty person. I just need to smile and wave. Can I submit to you? That's why the people thought the disciples were drunk. Isn't it only nine o'clock in the morning? You guys are We are not from this world, although we are in it. And while we are in it, let's make heaven on earth as we represent Him well. The beautiful thing about, about righteousness is that God makes you in right standing with Jesus. Can I teach you in one last minute? Every time you come to God, don't just say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Because His Word says He washed your sins as far as the east is from the west. Most people get stuck in their prayer life by just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Then you feel like the lack of answered prayer in your life is because of your sin. It's a lie out of the pit of hell. Jesus Christ justified you in front of the Father that you are in right standing with Him, that when God looks to you, He sees you as He sees Jesus. That's why the claim can be made to say that as He is, so are you in this world. Not in your, wor in your most holy place where you came from a fiery prayer meeting and you're like, it's even the time where you lost your temper, you are still a, a son and daughter of God. It doesn't give us the license to sin. It gives us a license to be aware that what we are saved from, the wrath of sin. And I realized, and in this night as I was praying, 
I felt like there's some people you really need just the joy of the Lord again. Some of you are so tired. You know what's a good antidote? Laughter. Laughter is good medicine. Stop reading those verses that says no wine is good for the stomach. Just start laughing. <laughs> Can I ask you just where you are? Where is the band? Lord, fill us. Fill us with joy. Just where you are, just sit. Say, Lord, fill me with joy. Fill me with joy, Lord. <laughs> Lord, baptize us with joy. We need a baptism of joy, Lord. I pray of you, the joy of the Lord. <laughs> I want to pray, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in this moment, Lord, we can pray. Thank you for laughter in the body of Christ. We want to pray, Lord, for every single person, for fresh laughter over your family. I want to speak the laughter of God. You would laugh again. Laughter. Laughter in the Holy Spirit. Oh, for He turns mourning into dancing. <laughs> Father, thank You for this night. I want to pray, refresh, refresh, Joy in the Holy Spirit. <laughs>